Hi there, welcome back. This is Reverend Cage Marple, and I am the public pro-lifer. We were on a tiny bit of a sabbatical there, and sometimes life happens, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and so um, that's what we did. We uh, were dealing with uh, some good things, some interesting things, some not so great things, but uh, God pulls us through. Uh, we thank, uh, Jesus for a sacrifice and we move along and, uh, I'm just thankful to be back and to, uh, and to continue, uh, the work that we have before us. Um, particularly today, our last, uh, episode was regarding sidewalk rescuing in the thing about abolitionists. And a lot of times that's kind of a sore subject with the abolitionists because clearly they are right and everybody else is wrong. So, um, you know, me trying to clarify that again, is just kind of, well, redundant, you know, um, too many people have recognized that it's a cult and that, um, they don't abide by the words of Jesus. And so that's why we're going on to this next part regarding, um, sidewalk rescuers versus street preachers. And you're saying, well, you're a minister. Why does that bother you? And, you know, street preachers have their place. And a lot of times, um, I shouldn't say a lot of times, sometimes we get good street preachers who come to witness well and counsel and, and do real works. Uh, for the Lord, for these pre-abortive, post-abortive moms, and for their children and families. And for that, I am hugely, amazingly grateful. We need more of you there. But lately, and I say lately, this uh, one guy for about a year, and now this uh, past couple of weeks, we've had a couple of newbies show up. And uh, this is a thing. Some of these street preachers come to preach. And, you know, I'm an ordained minister. Love the Word of God. I read the Word of God. I listen to it on, and, you know, with other preachers. I listen to sermons. I, I read after these people. But what these guys are doing is not of God and is not biblical and it's not okay. And so I'm going to try to get through these notes and kind of get you through a little bit of the scripture too, to kind of help you understand and make this more balanced uh, way of trying to help you understand the difference between the two. First of all, the, the sidewalk in front of the abortion mill is public. We all know that. Constitutionally, we may all be there whenever we want. Our office is on a busy street. People can just be on that public sidewalk outside of this office, and there's not a thing I can do about it unless they cross onto private property. So that being said, uh, these guys coming there, their agenda is different. Um, decades ago, literally decades ago, um, God already uh, put a good work on the sidewalk regarding real rescuers there. I mean, from the 90s, rescuers, if you know what I mean. Um, 
that actually rescue during the rescue movement. Um, there's not so much of that going on now, but what we do on the sidewalk in trying to speak with women and their family who brings them, uh, things like that, we are, um, we are trying to rescue the baby that is within the womb that might die in a few minutes. Uh, we're trying to rescue their family to keep it intact. And we, we, um, we are obviously speaking of the Lord, but we're also telling you of real options, things that will actually tangibly help you. You can put in your hand, put in a bank account, put in, a, in the new baby's room, things like that. What these guys are talking about is not within a million miles of that. So I just want to make sure that we understand what real sidewalk rescuers do versus what was abolitionist the last episode. This time it is street preachers. And also I want to do a, a quick side note. Um, I know of a couple of amazing street preachers that uh, go to abortion mills, either ours or other ones that I follow. And they do a beautiful, balanced job of uh, making sure they hear the gospel, but also know that there is love and that there is real tangible help. As I said a second ago, these guys are, are not that. And it's always men. Now, I'm not the ultra-feminist like you see in the, in the news and whatever. Not at all. But these guys are clearly misogynist. Clearly. Clearly. So, ah. Uh, so I say, yes, the street preachers versus sidewalk rescuers. And yes, it is a thing. And here's why. They speak of condemnation. In other words, they have, I have heard with my own ears, turn or burn. And look, there's truth to that. I'm not saying that there isn't. But what you just said to them is that your agenda matters and what they're going through does not. You don't know the amount of consequences and, and victimology or whatever you want to call it that led them to becoming pregnant and, and thinking about killing their child. None of that matters to these guys. None of that matters because more than likely they've never had to go through it with a woman that they had gotten pregnant, nor had they been counseled by anybody who had gone through it nor had they even asked questions about it, which I will get to later on in this podcast. Anyways, condemnation versus love. Um, whenever I hear these things, I'm hearing cherry-picked uh, uh, New Testament verses, a lot of times Old Testament, but I never hear the teachings of Jesus from these guys, ever. Now I hear about them, you know, wanting to, you know, want you to come to, uh, the saving knowledge of Christ and get saved, but I don't hear of any teachings, the red words in the Bible of Jesus. Nothing out of Jesus. They have no balance or actual structure. All they have is agenda. So what is their agenda? You're probably wondering. It is the abolitionist and street preacher's agenda to get sidewalk rescuers such as myself and the people that I witness with and other pro-lifers off of the sidewalk, including 40 Days for Life. 
They have no value to them at all. They usurp the work and authority of God that he had already placed there. It, they're, they're coming in like, like locusts about to completely destroy a farmer's field and leave nothing behind. This is the kind of work that these guys are doing. Well, why, I'm sure you're asking. Well, they believe God told them to, but as I said, God already placed us, our work and ministry there. And what God has started, man, you can't stop. And these guys are not understanding that part. There is uh, an entire book regarding how you do street ministry. It's called the Book of Acts, people. It's not hard. Just read it. And um, and a lot of it, and really all of it is for today. It really is. And that's why uh, we have the authority to do what we do, but we don't have the authority to be condemning and mean. That's not okay. That is not of God. So let me just put that out there. And so what I'm trying to, you know, I get this in the minds of these people is that God did not tell them, tell these street preachers to usurp his work that is already there. He did not do that. So as soon as you hear, well, God said, no, 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 hold on a minute. Maybe God said for you to be there, but he didn't tell you to upend everything that has been working there all this time to do it your way. Because these guys are under the impression that they're doing this God's way when the reality is it's their personal agenda. And the reason why we know this is because they never come in peace with the right hand of fellowship ever, not one time. They don't come up to you and say, hi, my name is whatever. Um, I come from wherever. And, I'm, and I would just love to know what you guys are doing here. I am here to help. Not once have these people done that. However, right street preachers, good street preachers, know to do that. Because you never usurp what is already there. Ever, ever, ever. That's not okay. So there's these new two guys that have shown up. And I typically don't walk up to people and say, hi, my name is. Because I've been kind of coming and going from this same sidewalk for um, 10 years now. So pretty much everybody knows who I am. And I go quietly and I don't, uh, I usually don't counsel myself unless it's one-on-one. -on -one. In other words, I don't usually speak from the sidewalk. I let others do that because they're better at it than I am. You know? I am an ordained minister. They are not. But that doesn't mean I have authority over them to speak over them. They do a much better job at it than I do. But when it comes to speaking one-on-one -on -one because of my personal testimony, I'm straight up. I, I, I'm your person. I am. And so this, this he walked up. And um, when I said that I am post-abortive and that I'm an ordained minister, he went directly to, and here, let me get back to my note here, went directly to 1 Timothy 3. Well, 
it says here in the Bible, the Bible says that you have to be the husband of one wife in order to be uh, a minister. Well, clearly, this is actually saying overseer, which can also mean pastor. And I do not usurp my husband's authority. This is our ministry. We do it together. However, this guy is so out of balance, and so are the other guys like him, that I'm supposed to, because I'm a woman, sit down and shut up and let the men do what they're supposed to do, because that's what the Bible says. And I am here to tell you that is absolutely not true. And so he tried to talk to me about pastors and all this other stuff. And I said, look, <laughs> my husband and I technically co-pastor this. And he said, well, that's not in the Bible. I said, oh, really? I said, neither is the word Trinity or rapture, but I assure you those things are real in the Bible. And he just looked at me stunned. I guess he expected me not to understand the Bible and actually say it back to him. Uh, but, you know, the reality is they believe they have authority over all women. When the Bible clearly says that the only one who has authority over me besides Christ and God is my husband, is my own husband. No other men. No other men have authority over me. And that includes a pastor I may sit under. Not at all. So please, y'all, get this straight. Don't want, don't let these guys ramrod you into believing that you're supposed to shut up and allow them to do this work while you just sat there and do nothing but be thankful that they're doing it for you. Don't do that. What he clearly has forgotten was that Phoebe was a pastor in the New Testament. There's also a woman apostle. These guys don't care about that. They will, they will debate you within a million miles of that. So Obviously, we have issues. <laughs> and also, too, when I was, uh, when I mentioned I was post-abortive, you know, you would think that people who have not been through the procedure would like to know, not just about it necessarily, but how to speak to people. You know, what are they um, going through right now? How can I minister to them? Even people that I've known for years on the sidewalk have asked me that a number of times because they want to be able to do this well. And to really help people. These guys have no intention of doing that. They couldn't have cared less. In fact, he completely ignored me. So, um, again, why are they doing this? Well, because saving unborn people is not why they are there. At all. No, they are there because the sidewalk at abortion mills is a soft target to preach from for these street preachers because they will get little to no pushback like they would on a street corner downtown on a Friday or Saturday night when everybody's out drinking and doing things they ought not to be doing and uh, when they should be hearing about the Lord. Instead, they go to this abortion mill where there's a bunch of uh, pro-lifers and sidewalk rescuers and assume authority and uh, uh, try to completely take over everything. And one of the biggest number one reasons is because they're trying to evangelize the people there. 
Every time someone got out of their car to come to the sidewalk this one morning, I was there last week, they immediately, one or the other, immediately walked up to that person and was essentially interviewing them in, in a way about what they believe and why they're there. And uh, obviously they're all wrong, <laughs> you know, because these guys are right and everybody's wrong. And they love to pick on Catholics. Love it. That is, that is their thing, is to try to convert Catholics. And most of the Catholic people I know that go there, because I was once a Catholic, um, have had a salvation experience. And so the thing about people like this is that they don't believe that just salvation alone, just faith alone, is going to get you eternity in heaven. They do not. They say that, but if they believed it, they would have backed away and done something else or spoke to someone else or, you know, done a right work, but they are not. And uh, I had an actual altercation with one of these guys that's been there for about a year now who won't leave, literally won't leave. He has actually come there and found that one prime piece of real estate that all of us use um, to try to speak to women. Now we don't, now I want to, let me clarify something too. We don't use a sound system. Maybe during rallies when the place is closed, but we don't use a sound system for any reason. No megaphones, no microphones, no nothing. It's just our voices, um, just trying to talk over the traffic to you. That's it. This guy shows up, has an umbrella stand, throws all of his equipment there, and has a GoPro strapped to him, and took that prime piece of real estate and won't go away. Or, let me just say this, <laughs> won't go down to the other part of the sidewalk where preaching is more appropriate. Because where we're at is a more intimate setting where they're getting closer to walking in, they're being escorted or whatever the deal is, and that's where real counseling can happen. Instead, these guys show up, take up this real estate where our work is supposed to be, and start on these huge loud sound systems that just is deafening. And I have tinnitus, people. This is not okay with my ears. It hurts. They don't care. I've even said, quit talking over people. Stop putting that in my head because it hurts hurts some of us, you know. No, they don't really care. They could not possibly care less. They have no real feeling for anybody. And so it's really funny to me because it's like, uh, okay, if that's true, then how come they're there trying to preach the gospel? Well, what they're there doing is preaching how wrong they are, showing them condemnation, rather than witnessing to them, maybe giving them personal testimony or testimonies they know of, something else besides turn and burn. Literally, that's what they say. Wow, I got off track on my, uh, <laughs> on my notes. Bad abolitionists and bad street preachers lead more women into the abortion mill than a rabid death squirt. Yes, you heard me correctly. We have one guy that shows up periodically in this big van that he has decked out for, you know, abortion is murder and all that stuff, which is great because you should drive around and people should see it. 
But when he gets there, he turns this thing on as loud as possible of a baby crying for like an hour or two. I mean, come on. Are you just like trying to shove and shovel people into this place? It's just ridiculous how these guys think. And it's always men. It's always these. uh, Typically, I will say this, they are Calvinists who don't believe in the entire canon of scripture are not led by or filled with the Holy Spirit whatsoever. They have next to nothing when it comes to feelings about any of this. They have absolutely no love whatsoever. All they have is condemnation and even to the point of hate. Um, in fact, I, like I said, I do believe that these guys use the same tactics as death squirts, as, you know, like yelling over you know, sidewalk rescuers and pro-lifers, regardless if they're having a conversation with the mom or not, loud sound systems when it's clearly unnecessary. I mean, clearly, clearly, clearly unnecessary. We're too close in proximity to have to have that. But, you know, again, the real reason that most street preachers show up at the sidewalk, these bad street preachers, like I said, there's good ones, um, to forcefully evangelize pro-lifers because they assume you're a Catholic. So let me tell you about the story that happened at a Planned Parenthood rally downtown. And I don't remember, but it seems to me Planned Parenthood might have been closed that day. I don't even know. And um, so it was a defund Planned Parenthood rally. And out of nowhere, which never happens, these two guys dressed in the all black head to toe with the neon color stuff of, you know, uh, turn and burn and hell and all this other stuff all over their clothes, uh, the reflective sunglasses and the great big tall signs and just stood there for a while. And I was and, you know, I have this really cool uncanny ability that God gave me to discern. And I knew what these guys were here for. These guys assumed that all of us are just bunch of dumb sheep being led away to the slaughter and that we're all Catholics and we just need to be evangelized. In other words, they didn't come there because it was defund Planned Parenthood gig. No, not even close. They came there because they thought that we all needed Jesus right then when for all intents and purposes, to the very best of my knowledge, most of us already know Jesus. And so that's what they did. And as a matter of fact, before they left, they had some rather cutting parting words before they took down their stuff and went on their way. And that's when I was absolutely correct in what I was saying is that that is what they were doing. They had no intention of doing anything to help the unborn. They came to scold us for being wrong. At least that's what they thought. They thought we were wrong. (laughs) And so no matter how much you as a Christian try to talk to them about how out of balance or not of God, that they are, they are not going anywhere because they don't have to. And it's a shame. In fact, I would propose that they actually mock God and ignore Jesus. And I think that is absolutely a thousand percent true. So going to my next scripture note, uh, away from 1 Timothy 3. Here's why I say that. In Acts 16, 16 to 18, I'll read it very quickly. Now as it now it happened, as we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit in fortune telling, by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul 
and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Now, doesn't that sound like a good thing? Well, of course it does, except they had the ability to discern. And the scripture continues, and this she did for many days, but Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the girl, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. This is what these guys are doing. They are not of God. And when you get these guys that show up, sometimes they run this kind of sort of circuit where they go from one to another to another to another. I've, I've seen that happen, which is fine. You know, okay. But we're getting some now that are not going anywhere. And they're trying to completely usurp God's authority there and what our work currently is by the will of God. And that is not okay. And so, you know, we're kind of grasping a straws now on what to do and to keep this from happening and are continuing, I should say, because as an ordained minister, <laughs> I'm completely out of the wool of God, according to these guys. And with the gift of discernment, I see what they're doing. They are not working for the Lord. That is not their work. That's not what they're doing. Clearly, they're being led by a cult called Calvinism. And they believe that they are doing right things when clearly they are not. Because if they cared, they would be quoting the, the things of Jesus. They would be immersed in what he did and what he said. Love your neighbor. And you know what your neighbor is, my friends? Your neighbor is everyone. Not just saved people. Not just Christian people. Not just you know, whatever people. Love your neighbor is absolutely everybody, and they don't get that. And your neighbor is also your unborn child whose only bit of love they're ever going to receive is going to be from a sidewalk rescuer and pro-lifer who is standing on the sidewalk in love. That's all they may ever see in their tiny little lifetime before they're killed. And what these guys fail to remember is that the unborn child can hear everything. We all know that, you know, your unborn child can hear just about everything that's going on, you know, that's going on outside of their hear his mother's voice, feel the mother's heartbeat. They can hear other people talking. And hearing this clanging symbol continue to bang and crash and burn and just screech nothing but hatred and condemnation helps literally no one. And with that, I'm going to let this go until the next episode from when I get down there and have to deal with them again. And I'm going to get some, uh, audio, hopefully a little video, so uh, I can share with you exactly what it sounds like and, uh, and show what their true agenda truly is. Because I want you to know that when you go to the sidewalk, you do a thing for the Lord. Don't do it for yourself. Do it because God says you need to go there and to help. Please, please do that. And when these guys are there, I want you to ignore them. And if they try to approach you and speak to you, I want you to walk away. Please walk away.
Don't give them five full minutes of anything. Don't go, not even five seconds. They don't deserve that from people who go there regularly for decades, for years, or even someone brand new who just wants to help. If you have any questions or concern about that, you could always leave a message from this podcast, please. And I'll be happy to uh, answer as many questions as I can. Um, And we just thank you so much for everything that you do and that you try to do. I am Reverend Cage Marple, and I am the public pro-lifer.